We're going to start our conversation on can gardening save the world? Um, one of the things I, I've come to realise is that we're always told that planting a food garden can save us money, but more recently I am hearing yeah, that gardening can save the world. But gardening's a thing that I associate with my grandparents, and I'm really seeing some rock star gardeners coming through Wellington at the moment, and I'm very pleased to have three of them in the studio with us today. So a big welcome to Linnea Lindstrom. Thank you. Great. Glad to be here. Yeah, good. And Mel Byrne, pleased to have you in the studio. Kia ora. Great. And Tim Packer, welcome. Thank you. Great. So can we just start with a little bit of background from each of you, just on what your practice is at the moment and where you're working? Mel, what about, let's start with you. Okay, so I am um, part of the Brooklyn Food Group, and that is unpaid work. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think most people are cross, <laughs> crossing here. <aren't> <laughs> and so we um, have a community orchard in Brooklyn, and we run workshops, and we also um, facilitate share gardens, which are different from community gardens. Um, I also work in schools, teaching children and their communities how to grow food. Fantastic. How long have you been doing this for, Mel? Gardening? Yeah, just just generally in your life. Um, About a thousand years. (laughs) Love that answer. Brilliant. A long time. (laughs) I I actually started gardening as a um, therapeutic way of feeding my soul and then um, you know started feeding everyone else sounds like you're feeding more than your soul okay Linnea what about you where are you what's your practice at the moment all right so uh, we're just starting an urban farm so that's what I'm spending a lot of my time on at the moment Uh, it's still unpaid but hopefully we'll end up being a paid position (laughs) so that I can spend more time doing that Uh, and so that's supposed to be like the beginning of a chain of urban farms all through Wellington. Uh, the difference between community gardens and urban farms is basically that urban farms is run by a small group to provide food for uh, charities or to sell, but wow. we're producing for charity. Um, and then I'm running my own little business called yes. Edible Oasis. Yes. Uh, helping people to set up edible gardens in their backyards. And uh, that's based on permaculture principles. And, yeah, I've been doing that for a couple of years, but it's only, you know, from time to time that that happens. And I'm running a few workshops as well. Great. And I must say I subscribe to Linnea's blog and I really enjoy it. Your your moon your moon talk is really helping me. <laughs> Tim, Tim, what about you? Where are you where is your garden practice happening at the moment? Uh, most of my spare time is spent at Innermost Community Gardens, yes. which is up top of Marjorie Bank and um, Innermost is really about community hands in the soil, so it's the it's the fun and community building aspect of produce, right? Um, but I suppose personally I've been involved in permaculture, the movement, for probably 20 years now. So wow. it's been a bit of a personal passion for, for things I do. Nice. Yeah. And so did each of you um, have, I guess, Mel, you were, you were hinting at that, but could each of you give a bit of a, an example of a breakthrough moment or a bit of a revelation that you've had um, with gardening that's kind of made you commit to the practice of it? I'm saying oh. practice and not career or work because I think it's a nicer yep. word. Yeah. Mm. I, I certainly can. I, I, 
uh, it was around 20 years ago, I was traveling the planet as a salesman, technology right. salesman, and I had a young family at the time, I was living in the United States. And uh, it's funny, you get a bit of a perspective sitting in an aeroplane for 10 or 12 hours looking at the, the world, and mm. every time I crossed um, Indonesia and, and some of those countries, you just started seeing deforestation on a huge scale. Wow. And I just started thinking to myself, you know, how can I demonstrate to my children a better way of doing things mm. and it's all about leading by example I think that kind of got me on the path towards looking for solutions like permaculture whether I've achieved mm. that or not is another question but it's a it's a journey you, yeah. you're questing you're questing. <laughs> questing that's the quest nice and I think from New Zealand sometimes that's one of our problems is that we can't actually see what's going on a lot of the time what about you Linnea yeah, I was kind of thinking about this. Um, I think my biggest breakthrough moment was when I was at a permaculture farm in south of France. Uh, and it was the first time that I saw a farm that wasn't uh, monoculture at all. It wasn't fields or anything like that. And they had made a really good living out of their farm. Right. Uh, it was anything from walnuts to through all the different fruits. And they brought it to market and very small scale. And one of the couple there had been doing a lot of work with um, Lovelock and the Gaia theory. And so it's a lot of philosophy discussions. And I came to suddenly realize that it wasn't so much about this quest to save the planet from the evil humans, but more a question of trying to see the humans as one of all the endangered species, <laughs> endangered from, from this yeah. crazy system that we're living in. And that the, their way of living and the permaculture design that they put into place was a way that we could actually save ourselves. Yes. In the sense, yeah. saving us as one of the species that definitely couldn't survive this kind of you know crazy economic and political and environmental systems that we're living in yeah nice. that was that was when I committed to growing food yeah, yeah. Mm, like I it. think it is about leading by example though mm, as totally. well because you know Laurie you just spoke about your grandparents yes you know that's what all our grandparents did and then there's been a bit of loss in future generations and I feel like my generation as young as I am <laughs> But my generation very, is, very thank you, is <laughs> about a thousand years. Yeah, that's right. Is um, starting to go back to what our grandparents did and mm. be part of that journey, and then our children are part of that journey, mm. and then hopefully, because of the situation we're in, that journey won't actually there won't be a break in it again like there has been. No. And so, um, I think of my own kids. Um, you know, they're at a stage in their life now where community gardening or even just being outside in the soil is their worst possible mm. nightmare. They just wouldn't want to be there. Yet, ask them when the best time to plant carrots is and right. they will know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just, I know that they'll come back to it yes. because they've had that role modelling. And I think the more people that can role model mm. it, the more it mm. will... It will get in. Yes, yes, and, and you, you, because that's the cycle of life, really, isn't it? Yes. You almost reject everything, and then you come find back. your way. Yeah. 
So it's the journey. In all of your practice, what are the the indirect? I mean, we, we all know that by gardening permaculture, however we you know our edible gardens, we are gaining food. But for each of you, what are the indirect other benefits or solutions you're seeing come out of the work or practice that you're doing? Well, in our community orchard, we have people from. Um, the age of one, yeah. right through to <laughs> seventy-year-olds, eighty-year-olds. It transcends age. So quite a broad range. A really broad there. range. Yeah. <laughs> there might only be seven people there on the night, but that's the age range. And um, it's also the other thing that I really notice is that it transcends culture. Yes. So it's really nice. inclusive. Yeah. You know, and you can continue no matter how old you are if you're one or if you are 85, you'd continue to learn from each other. That's so right. that's that lifelong learning, that continued learning. It's nobody is, we're all on the same level. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah, I think Beautiful. that's really the such a beauty because feeling included in a mm. group and feeling that, I mean, we all need food. Yes. And, and all our food comes from the earth ultimately and reconnecting with that growing cycle is also reconnecting with the people around you and seeing them as people not as black or white of women or men or old or young or you know it it really makes that connection happen and I think that helps with a lot of the you know solitude and the issues with depression and with you know just having that connection in a very neutral space and it's also green yeah. You know, yes. being outside in the mm. elements, all of those things has such a you know, beneficial impact on, on mental health. Mm. And you're doing little things, and so as you're doing it, it's really, you know, it's... You see the difference. Yeah. You make a difference every time That's you come right. there and you do something. Yeah. Yeah. You pull a weed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think the common word on all of this is communities, right? Yeah, so definitely. Building yeah. communities mm. and actually strengthening communities, building community resilience, which mm. is a real challenge for, for everyone these days is to actually feel part of a community. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So um, I think that really facilitates. And for me, the personal experience with community gardens is how they can just serve as a foundation to bring all those people mm. together and actually facilitate that, which which helps everyone. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. So it's almost through the common need of needing our food, you know, or growing our food, we're, we're connecting together, all ages, cultures. I think it's a need to connect mm. as well, actually, mm. because... And food is just the pathway that enables it. I think we, as human beings, want to be connected with each other. Yeah, and, and we are part of nature it. in a way, right? Mm. So, like, you know, so so many of us don't have access to a garden, right? And, no. and being able to be connected to, to nature in a way that, you know, uh, it's definitely soul-restoring, isn't it? Mm. You know, so it's, it's very much about that connection with nature and getting an access to some natural capital that you can you can exercise in and, and do things with, yeah. So are we seeing growth then in, in community, not only the amount of community gardens or your garden spaces, you know, it seems like the the council's also being supportive and and giving up more space for gardens. Mm. So so are we seeing growth, but are we seeing growth in people participating as well? Definitely. I'd yeah. say, I mean, over the last 10 or 15 years, Inmos was one of the 
you know, first ones, eh? It was certainly one of the earlier gardens, yeah. for sure. In, yeah. in our city, Wellie, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, I think we're seeing a, a, a younger generation come through that mm. really want to understand, mm. you know, and, and that, for me, is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. and also how... how the, the marvel in people's eyes, especially I think from the generations that haven't grown up with uh, their grandparents' gardens or their parents' gardens, yeah, and the 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 magic of seeing, you know, of them them discovering all of this again, it's mm. wow. Yeah, it's I think there's a yeah. there's a huge um, demand for more food growing in the city, mm. and and. Apparently, the city council has really, you know, kind of taken up on that. And, oh, I think uh, we're very lucky. You know, we're with the Wellington City Council this, yeah. helping out to just facilitate these things. Right, it's right. amazing. Right, we're yeah. very fortunate in Wellington. That's that's awesome. And do, are you aware that other councils are as is coming forth with land and support for these projects around the country? Hard to say. Hard to say. My yeah. knowledge is limited. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I don't really know other places. Yeah, we're, we're all here. Okay, so I'm going to throw the biggie in, and so because it's so big, you each get one kind of go at it. Can, in your view, can gardening save the world? And and what 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 would what would be the act that would lead to that? Or what's your view on that? I think gardening can be a part of saving the world. <laughs> for me, it's a superset of what we call permaculture, right, which right. is care for the earth, care for people mm. and fair share. And those ethics and principles I've seen can be applied to a small backyard garden where you're just growing a patch of spuds right up to you know our industrial economies where we need to start thinking about circular mm. economies and forgetting about waste and calling them byproducts that feed into other <laughs> products, all those sorts of things. That's, right. That's how it needs to happen, right? So yes, yes the answer is absolutely yes. Linnea. Wow. Um, saving the world from what and to well, turn yeah, it into yeah, what yeah, you know it's, it's, yeah so I'm going to leave all of that aside yeah, yeah, because I realise but basically <laughs> yeah um, it's kind of tying back to what I said earlier on that um, we are as much an endangered species, species as anything mm. else and we need to recreate ecosystems that support our needs and the more we can create those edible and usable ecosystems close to where we live so yes. in the cities just around the cities the more mm. uh, wild space we can give up and that space yes. can you know be rehabilitated by nature and nat natural processes even if it doesn't turn into something that we recognize and that we know it will be something that is more adapted to the climate change to all the other changes that are happening on a on a global level so the more food we can grow locally mm. and the more humans connect with the land and with each other, I think that's really essential to us getting through this period altogether. Yeah. Sounding good to me. What about you, Mel? No. <laughs> 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 we, we <laughs> yes, I think it definitely can, because I think... Um, you know, in the growing of food or the growing of anything, actually, you are growing community yes. because you're coming together to do it. And if we can grow community, then um, that saves everything. Isn't it? It's also a practical response. I mean, so many big, overwhelming world problems that we can't do anything about individually. Absolutely. But individually, we can Absolutely. actually do something practical. And if there's yeah. a million of us doing it individually, that makes a big 
yeah. big change, doesn't it? And it also creates a sense of relief inside mm. when you're aware of all these big problems and you do something yeah. about it, even yeah. if it's just yeah. getting out 10 minutes a day in your mm. backyard or mm. you're getting to a community garden and doing things with other people. That really heals the grieving that we're going through. Mm. Amazing you say that, Lydia, because I've had that experience this year, which is what has led to this conversation, that self mo- that moment where you go, actually, all I can do is this, and damn it, it feels really good. Mm. So I'm going to try and increase that. So just to escalate this for our city, um, or actually maybe just quickly, do each of you have a vision for the city? You're all working away on different projects that link in, but yeah, do you have a vision for what Wellington could look like in the future with, with, the, with our edible gardens and, and all of this in mind? I think greater resilience as a city mm-hmm. and, and community gardens and gardens and people gardening and knowing about gardening are all part of that resilience equation. Mm. You know, but it's it's a big equation, of course. Yes. Right? So there's a lot of factors that are urban and in and, and, and their nature. But I think it, it really is developing into one of those scenarios where we, we're building a stronger city. So yes, that, yes. You know, when, when, when these impacts, these events happen, we're actually... You know, more resilient, mm. and we thrive through them. Yeah. Mm, mm. Love it. Yeah, I'm thinking of a greater sense of food sovereignty for everyone, like mm. for each person, just knowing how to grow a few things in your own backyard, and being able to access a lot of different public spaces where you can grow food, where the trees that are lining the streets are all full with edibles. I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have natives everywhere, but mm. it's just cre- having more edibles in among everything, and the parks being maintained in a way that creates free, free food for people and that that's part of and isn't it fantastic to see that as part of the landscape yes yeah. 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 and that is already happening yeah. I mean it's yeah. there's it is plenty of stuff happening, happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's that nature rich and so that that's what we're all connecting with mm. we're connecting back to nature yeah yeah Loving it. I'm glowing. We're all glowing from ear to ear. Even even in the backs we're glowing. Okay so if um People can do one... What do you need? That's the next question. Just to accelerate and keep it moving, even in your own spaces and what you, in your own practice, what is it that you need to, to, to just really keep pushing through? Linnea? Involvement. I mean, people mm. coming to all of these things, um, when you see stuff online, spread it, share it, just making right. people more aware about what's going on. I mean, of course, for my own business and stuff like that, but I mean, in general, yes, really, yes. Um, spreading and sharing information and talking with your neighbours about, mm. you know, if they're growing things and, yeah, just being part of this because we all need to eat. Yes. Tim... Oh, I think very much, you know, what Lene is saying there. And, you know, I think people not being scared to reach out and engage, you know, yep, I think is yep. a lot of people hold back and, I'd, mm. you know, I'd say not to do that. You know, get get involved, start talking to people. We see so much of that at the community gardens, you know, people mm. just coming in and starting those conversations, which is cool. So, you know, I think more of the same and I think, you know, possibly supporting supportive legislation to make sure that yes. we can continue that. And in the way that we want to do it, I think that's important here. Great. What about you, Mel? Any tricks that you could pull? (laughs) I think it's actually just about doing it. 
and making it a priority. There's a lot of conversation out there that we're all time poor. Yes. But actually, it doesn't. That's what's running through my head. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what everyone says when we're at the orchard. Mm. They come through, oh my gosh, you're doing an amazing job. How do you find the time? Mm. Well, we're probably some of the busiest people, Mm. yet we prioritise that time. Mm. And actually, as it's been said, 10 minutes, you know. It's not actually a lot. No, Mel, you're dead right. You know, it's one of those permaculture, if it's slow and steady, wins mm, the day. Mm, you yep, know, and nice. it's absolutely about that, isn't it? Yeah. Ella, you don't need to be skilled to get involved in no. all these things. You just come and hang out at the orchard or at yep. the community gardens and you learn by being there and by talking yeah. with other people. You don't have to... Uh, you know, pay a lot of money to be a horticulturist and mm. go to courses and stuff like that. Spend a lot of time on it. You just just come and be part of it. Just you know? come and get your yeah. hands yeah. dirty. Yes. Yeah. yeah, look and at that, Mel's hands. <laughs> <laughs> She's come straight from the ground. Gorgeous. Okay, one more question. If you could give people, well, you kind of have, but if you could advise people to do something to start today or just a word of wisdom as, as experienced um, land lovers, I'm going to call you, or soil uh, lovers, what what would you advise people today? Plant something. Just plant? Yeah. Plant one thing. If you've never planted anything before, plant one thing and take really good care of it. Create a relationship with that plant. Nice. Yeah. I'd say get your hands dirty. Just get in there. Compost. Just get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's just digging. You know, yes. sometimes it, you might not be up for the planting, but you might be up for a bit of digging. And so, um, yeah, I think it's getting your hands dirty and getting in there. And it is about talking with people that you might be able to get some advice from or a helping hand or whatever else. And yeah. gardening is my gym, it's my meditation, it's where I hang out with people. Mm. Uh, time poor, no, I'm, I'm just doing all of those things when I'm gardening. 